It's MKFM. Delighted to be joined this morning by Associate Solicitor at the Family Law Group, Megan Edwards. Megan, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well. Lovely to talk to you. Um, I'm sure. You. I'm sure many people across MK are very familiar with the Family Law Group. We check in quite often uh, with advice for people across Milton Keynes. For anyone who's not familiar, though, give us a bit of an overview of the organisation and your role as well, what you do. So at Family Law Group, we um, provide people with legal services um, relating to family law proceedings, but not just court proceedings, but all matters related to family law. So whether that be negotiations, whether that be helping them with alternative dispute resolution um, or just providing advice. And that's what we're there to do. And I'm an associate solicitor at Family Law Group based in the Milton Keynes office. And I specialise in children and all things relating to domestic abuse. Fantastic. Okay, cool. Well, I know today we're primarily talking about uh, parents who are going through separation. Now, I'm sure any any separation is a stressful situation to be in, but particularly when there's children involved. So first of all, what advice would you give to parents who might be going through this? Well, parents who have recently separated are probably feeling a bit anxious at the moment about how arrangements are going to work. Tensions and emotions may be running high and you yeah. now need to navigate parenting in a whole new and different way. The first thing that I would say is that if you're feeling anxious, please do not worry. This is incredibly normal. But the first thing to say about it is that co-parenting can and does absolutely work when it's done right. And both parents want to co-parent with one another. It is important for the children that a clear arrangement is put in place about the children's living and contact arrangements as soon as possible. And what I would say is what may be the right arrangement for one family may not be the right arrangement for another family. My biggest piece of advice is that it is absolutely imperative that the children's best interests are always put first. This is over and above what the parents themselves may want. Ask yourselves what is best for our children. If you keep this at the forefront of your mind at all times, then you cannot go far wrong, really. Try to agree arrangements amicably. That's also incredibly important. If you're on good terms, you could discuss matters directly with one another. And I would encourage everyone to explore this first, where it is safe and possible to do so. Very good advice. And how important is having a a regular routine in a child's life, would you say? Incredibly important. Children thrive off routine and structure. Um, so if you if you are a, reach an agreement with your other half or ex other half, sorry, that um, that doesn't provide a good routine for the children or is sporadic or you're yeah. not it's as and when, sometimes that can cause a lot of damage to children because they're not really sure where they're coming whether sure. they're coming or going. Um, so I would say it's incredibly important to try and get a clear routine in place as soon as possible, because what you don't want is your children to be feeling confused about where they're going to be. It's going to be an incredibly difficult time for your children, no matter what their age is mm. already. Um, so the best thing you can do for your children is to try and get a clear arrangement in place as soon as you can. Of course, the ideal scenario in this situation would be that if, if the separation is reasonably amicable, uh, amicable and the, both parents can reach an agreement. But what if, you know, relations have broken down and that's not possible? If reaching an agreement directly with one another is proving somewhat difficult, I would suggest considering alternative dispute resolution, such as mediation. Parents can, if they wish, instruct solicitors to help them to negotiate an appropriate arrangement. And quite often, independent legal advice can help focus both parents' minds. When emotions are running high, it can be difficult sometimes to focus on what the issues really are that need resolving and agreeing. So if you feel like some independent legal advice would help 
focus your mind and I would absolutely encourage that because it really can make a big difference. Court proceedings can be terribly lengthy. They can also be costly and above all else incredibly difficult emotionally for parents. Sure. Families tend to have better success with arrangements they have devised together rather than an arrangement that has been imposed on them. Not only that, but we have a practice direction as family lawyers and we have recent case law that tells us that court proceedings must be a last resort and it must be absolutely necessary to go to court. So I would advise all parents to really think about that when they're trying to agree matters. And they should really, really be trying to reach agreement before going to to court so even if like I say that is alternative dispute resolution such as mediation or negotiation they should always be explored before the step is taken to issue court proceedings. Absolutely so yeah we would certainly hope that every option is exhausted before mm, court is considered. Uh, what would what what would a court proceeding look like and when might that be appropriate? So court proceedings in some cases are unfortunately unavoidable. Um, If you've exhausted all other options to agree matters amicably, you've tried alternative dispute resolution, then your only option moving forward may be to make an application to the court for a defined order. Some common hallmarks we tend to see are cases that involve significant concerns about the child's safety, cases that involve domestic abuse or child abuse, and parental alienation cases, which essentially is when one parent displays unjustified negative and extreme views about the other parent to the child in a bid to exclude and alienate them completely from the child's life. So they are the common hallmarks that we tend to see um, in cases where court proceedings unfortunately do become unavoidable. It's important to also mention that not all of these types of cases end up in court, but they are definitely some of the common hallmarks that we tend to see. If you are in a position where you feel you are experiencing or have concerns about one of those risk factors that are identified, then I would absolutely suggest taking some independent legal advice where possible about the most appropriate way forward. Because what you don't want to find is that you... You, you try a way try a way forward, whether that be in negotiations or mediation. But if you have, for example, extreme concerns about your child's safety, then of course time is of the essence, and that not maybe that may not be appropriate. So I would recommend if you have concerns about one of those risk factors, take some independent legal advice as soon as possible to identify what the best course of action for you may be. Yeah, you said uh, court proceedings can be lengthy as well. I'm sure there's no, you know exact length but how long can it take to get this resolved these sorts of issues at at the minute it's incredibly difficult because the courts i feel are still experiencing a backlog Mm -hmm. from covid19 pandemic we still have an awful lot of cases that are going through the court system and throughout the covid pandemic the family courts were inundated with applications um, and we are still feeling the the back end of that Um, it really does depend on which court your application goes through as to the timescales right. and what their listings are like. Um, we, I used to be saying to parents prior to the COVID-19 pandemic that you're probably looking anywhere sort of in the region of six months to 12 months. Um, in some cases that were a little bit more complex, perhaps a little bit more towards 12 months to 18 months. But at the minute, um, in some cases, you are looking sort of more in the region of about nine to 18 months, wow. depending on which court you issue in so it is and this is another reason why we say to parents do try and explore Mm. a way of trying to agree matters between yourselves before going to court because not only does that save you money not only does that save 
you going through a very difficult process, but it saves a lot of time. Yeah. And yes, the courts can look at interim contact arrangements, but no one wants to be going through a process that 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 is that long if there is a way around it and it's just not in the children's best interest to be going through such a lengthy court process if there is another way around it i was going to say 18 months is it's a large chunk of their childhood arguably absolutely particularly if you have a baby or a toddler, yeah. a very small child you know and um, we have some cases where parents separate before birth and perhaps they can't on birth they can't agree matters and you may have a situation where one parent has to issue court proceedings and by the time those court proceedings are finished what may have been a newborn baby may nearly be a two-year-old yeah. um I'm, I'm i mean i stress that some courts are are managing to do things a lot quicker but we are we are seeing that you know that some courts do have such a backlog that they are it is taking in some cases you know, 12 months plus, and that's something you really want to try and avoid. Interesting. Uh, so for any parents that are going through this um, and trying to, you know, decide the way forward, be that hopefully outside of court, but possibly in court, maybe they need support from Family Law Group. Is there any possible funding available that might help struggling parents with this? So if you need to get instigate court proceedings, then it is a possibility. Legal aid isn't available to all parents in private children proceedings, unfortunately. Um, the parent would have to financially qualify for funding, which means they would have to be of limited means. Mm-hmm. And there is a set limit, which we would be able to discuss with, with the parents. The legal aid agency must also be satisfied that your case has merits, i.e. there must be good reason for you to receive funding. Not only this, but there is a requirement that the person applying for legal aid has been the victim of domestic abuse and they must have qualifying evidence of that abuse. So it won't be good enough for a parent to say, I have been the victim of domestic abuse. They must have some qualifying evidence of that. And the legal aid agency have a very strict list of what they deem qualifying evidence. So one example to give would be a protective order, such as a non-molestation order or a letter from your GP confirming that you have been the victim of domestic abuse. But at Family Law Group, we can assess your situation and give further advice as to whether legal aid is a possibility in your case. If legal aid isn't available to you, it is always possible to discuss private fee structures with us. Yeah, it certainly sounds like a amicable, agreed partnership between both parents is, is always the best way to go, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And is there any top tips you can offer in your experience for anyone who's trying to co-parent? Yes, yeah, I've quite a few top tips, but to narrow it down... Um, firstly, I would say it's really important as parents to put your differences aside. It is important that your children never hear you speaking negatively about the other parent, mm-hmm. even if you're not speaking about them directly to the child. If your child is anywhere in the vicinity, it is important to always be at least neutral about the other parent. And then connected to that, I would say do not let your feelings about the other parent dictate your parenting decisions. All decisions must be made with your child's best interest at the forefront of your mind not your feelings about the other parent. Respect each other's parenting style as well. Your parenting styles and approaches to some things may differ slightly, and that's okay. Unless the child is at risk of harm, try not to interfere too much because naturally that will cause tension. Mm -hmm. And finally, clear communication channels are also incredibly key. Unless there is a risk of harm from doing so, you should be sharing information about your child with one another. Quite often we find that issues and disputes have arisen when they could have been avoided by good, clear communication. What I would say to parents is that if communicating is difficult due to friction, try communicating in writing, whether that be by text message or email. And there are also various apps 
out now um, for smartphones and Android phones, some of which are free, and they can be found really easily on your app stores. They are also becoming increasingly popular, and it's another way of putting communications down in writing. We actually see it a lot, um, even when cases are going through court proceedings, um, when communication between the parents is difficult, um, depending on the history, sometimes it's easier to, to suggest that communications are put in writing. And then we're often seeing that that, that, that form of writing now is using an app on, the, on a smartphone. Um, there are many, many apps out there and they do tend to work quite well. And as I say, the, the family court seem to be approving a lot of, of different apps as a means of communication. So wow. I would definitely advise parents to, to explore those methods as well. Very, very interesting. Um, I've, I feel like this has been a, a fascinating conversation this morning, Megan. So thank you for sharing your advice with us. Um, if anyone is, is going through this and feels they would like some support from the family law group, how best can they reach out? How can they find out a bit more about you? Well, if there are any parents out there that want to reach out and want some advice for us, uh, firstly, we'd be happy to assist. Um, the best way of contacting us would be via telephone, um, which our details of our telephone number would be found on our website. Um, if people were to just type into a simple Google search, Family Law Group, that would bring up our uh, company's website. We have many different offices around the country. Um, as I said earlier, I work from our Milton Keynes office. You would find our Milton Keynes office telephone number, as well as our other office telephone numbers on our website. Um, you would also find a section that details who our solicitors are, which office they work from as well. Um, and it will also give you their email addresses. So people could telephone um, our office, they could email us. And we also have generic um, email addresses if it's not a specific solicitor that you wish to contact. Um, our, each office has um, an email address, a generic email address, which you could contact also. And we also have an online inquiry um, option as well. So there are various different ways of contacting us at Family Law Group. And as I say, we're more than happy um, to help you. So please do reach out if you feel you need some independent advice. Absolutely. So if you are uh, needing support with co-parenting or any issue related to family law, do reach out to the Family Law Group. And uh, Megan Edwards is Associate Solicitor. Megan, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Angie. Thank you for having me.